Welcome to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom, weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And answering the phones for us today is Tampa voter John Dunn. If you want to join our conversation, you can call 813-239-9663 and he'll get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org. And we are continuing um, our conversation um, about... Uh, this Tampa City Council elections. Today we're talking with two Tampa City Council candidates who are running to unseat District 3 Council member Lynn Hertak, who was appointed to the seat a year ago. We invited all four of her challengers and two who agreed to be with us are in the studio today, Jose Vasquez and George the Hunted Feshev. Believe it or not, the last day to vote is just two weeks away on March 7th. Um, If you haven't registered, it's too late to vote in this round, but you have until March 27th to register for the runoff elections, and there will certainly be some of those. Early voting starts Monday, February 27th, less than a week, and it runs through Sunday, March 5th. If you want to vote by mail, you need to request a mail ballot by this Saturday. That's because of a new state law that requires you to request a mail ballot every year instead of every four years. Don't forget to do that. Request that ballot. Go to votehillsborough.org or go get one. Critics say the Republican-controlled legislature changed the law to discourage voting by mail. If so, it seems to have worked. In 2019, a little over 58,000 mail ballots were sent to voters. But as of last week, only about 17,500 mail ballots had been requested. That's about five times fewer. Tampa elections historically see very low turnout, about 20% or so. And there's no high-profile mayor's race to generate attention, since Mayor Castor drew only a write-in candidate, making her a shoe-in for a second term. So the focus for the next two weeks is on the city council races. Joining us today, joining us now, is the candidate with the most unusual name, George the Hunted Feshev. Welcome, George. Thank you for inviting me at your W. MNF radio station. My name is George Feshev. I'm running for the Tampa City Council District 3 to make our city safer. So let's start with the question that probably many of our listeners have, which is, how'd you get that nickname? The The Hunted. Hunted. Yes, the Hunted nickname I got at the Tampa General Hospital in June 2019 after I was shot in my house during dinner with my daughter. A bullet came from the street, somebody shoot three times toward my house. One of the bullets went through the wall and hit me in the head. I was taken to a Tampa General Hospital and I survived with a minor speech impairments and a bullet stuck in the school. One of the nurses told me that they, they think this was a miracle of my surviving. And they say, you've been hunted, now you are the hunted. Mm. So this is how I become the hunted. It's uh, not a funny, it's tragic, but this is the story of the name. And you've included that name on the ballot, so when voters go to vote, whether by mail, early, or on election day, they'll see George the Hunted Feshev. Yes. So Um, uh, tell me what motivated you to run. This is your first bid for 
for elected office. Um, and it's not easy running for, for office these days with social media and a lot of people yelling and screaming at each other. So what motivated you to run for city council? Yes, it's not easy to run for the political office, but if you run with a clean heart and a clear idea about what you want to do and want to make some changes, then it's not that hard. I run to make our city safer. This is the first thing that we need to do in our society. If we don't have a safe society, we have no society. It's going to be an anarchy. We so you're saying you want it to be safe. Was your experience with a bullet flying through your home and hitting you in the head while you're eating dinner with your daughter, was that part of the re- did that motivate you to run for office or that's just a, an aside? Personal story, of course, trigger that will in me. So I devoted the last uh, three years trying to make our society better and tell the people the truth about the crimes and they need to be addressed, they need to be penalized and there is no smart approach on crime or soft approach on crime. It's going to be by the law. Mm-hmm. Do the crime, do the time. We need to deal with the crime before get out of control because the other states that experiencing that issue. And what is your, can you tell us what some of your um, initiatives would be for addressing what you see as a crime problem in, in Tampa? Dealing with crime, we have to rely on the police and we have to make sure we hire well-qualified police officers and they come with a higher paycheck. So we need to increase the pay on the police officer. Also, I will advocate for early retirement and the first responders. The, the cops on the street, the one who are f- first responders, the one that come to the crime scene first, they have to be well motivated, they have to be well educated, strong, they have to be willing to do the work, and of course they have to be paid and equipped. And having a professional police officers will avoid a tragic mistakes that happen up north in the other day in office. Mm-hmm. And so um, Lynn Hertak is the incumbent in this race, and you're running against her. Yes. Can you tell us uh, what you would do differently from Lynn and what issues you disagree with her on? I was at the beginning planning to go for District 5 because I consider myself a product of District 5. All this crime in the eastern Tampa, uh, property values are very low because of the crime. And after the taxes were increased, they went even down the values. But uh, one of the newspapers I was reading was about uh, putting the point toward the whole city. And one of the programs that Lynn Hartak is trying to eliminate, and she was against that program, is the gunshot detection program. Mm-hmm. In, in some neighborhoods, uh, people are afraid to call the police because after the police come and go, the, the bad guy stays. And we need that program. That program is not... Uh, some program that will monitoring us and there is no face recognition, there is no voice recognition, there is just the gunshot detection program. The gunshot detection program and that is a way to use noise to determine if a gun has been fired? Yeah, loud noise like a gunshot or car backfiring. Uh, The the program activates the sensor and, and the signal goes to the dispatcher point and they review the signal and after it's determined it's a gunshot, then they send the police officers to check what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And I think Lynn Hertak has, has argued that you get a lot of, uh, the police get a lot of false reports. They go, they investigate, and there's, they couldn't find any shooting. And she also says it's $250,000 for this program. Money would be better spent hiring more police officers. Do you think we need more police officers? 
we need more professional police officer, the one that uh, really qualify and the one that is stable and the one they know what they're doing. The cost of the program, $250,000, is nothing than the gunshot treatment that was to me $130,000 for the hospital just for one victim. Mm-hmm. So two victims safe. The program definitely worth, and that program take a lot of pressure of a good citizen that reports a crime to the police because criminals, they may suggest they've been reported by the gunshot detection program, not by the citizen. Mm-hmm. And that will protect the citizen who really reports the issue to the police and also support the neighborhood watch crime program. We need to keep our citizens. Now, last, also, night, last night you were at a candidate's forum that the NAACP sponsored and uh, another candidate in the race, uh, uh, Janet Cruz, uh, uh, accused uh, Lynn Hertak of uh, not liking gay people because she has been critical of the fact that if Janet Cruz is elected, I mean, the, the mayor's mother-in-law will be on the city council. How, how do you feel about the idea that that uh, the, the mayor's mother-in-law would be on the city council deciding yes or no on her, her projects, her priorities? Yeah, that's a very sensible question, but we start with not liking gay people. People are people, and their preferences are their preferences, and we have to um, think about other people by what they are doing and how they are and how they provide for the society. So before we ask for something, we have to give something. And I support all people. I don't divide them. Mm-hmm. And we have a, an email on this subject, actually, from one of our listeners, uh, who points out that uh, after Janet Cruz made this statement, questioning whether Lynn Hertak hated gay people, um, you had to get up <laughs> because the crowd booed. Um, they were boisterous and loud in opposition to what she had just said. And then you had to get up and make your closing uh, argument, Statement, right? Yeah. yeah. So how did you how did you uh, deal with that? Yeah, I used part of my thirty seconds to wait until the people um, somehow went through the all this discussion, which was very hot, and many things were said in a personal level, which I don't like to see in a political debate. Everybody has story. We should not involve personal level thinking in a political debate because then we affect the whole society in bringing our fights into the society. So I waited a few seconds and then I did my closing statement, but uh, I realized that the people were still thinking about what just happened and they didn't listen too much to me. (laughs) Well, this is an opportunity for you to talk. And I just want to say that if anybody hasn't seen that, George, you've been to all these forums. I think last night's forum, the NAACP forum, was probably the most lively was the most, would you say so, the most energetic and lots of, uh, compared to some of the other ones that I've seen? Yes, we've seen a lot of people from the society and that district coming to be present because they need to be present and they need to go and vote because we cannot allow t- 20 or 30% of the citizens, of residents of Tampa to decide the course of the city for the next four years. And one of the first questions of the Tiger Bay Club was check and balances. And what I said, check and balances start with the voters, start mm-hmm. with you. So before you ask me this question, I will ask you this question. I vote 20%. So in the room of 300 people, maybe only 50 will vote. And, and what the others are doing. Right. This is the democracy. We have to go and vote. And then we have to request a presence of elected officials to those meetings. And they supposed to be coming and not being afraid of answering question of their constitutionals. So you're saying that the, the the check and balance comes down to voters. It's not necessarily up to 
the city council to be a check on the mayor. It's the voters who have the opportunity to be the check on the mayor. This is they, how they start. So they elect the right people to go to the city council. And then the city council, of course, do their uh, job or observing what the mayor is doing, uh, guiding the city strategies to the future, creating a new plans how we can develop and how we can grow. But uh, if, if we don't elect a people to represent the society, if we don't go to like a 60% of uh, turnout and the voters day, uh, we have 20% or 30% of people electing our officials and then the city will be guided in a direction that majority may not support, but they didn't vote. So the check and balance has start with voters we'll start and, with and the then voters. goes to the next level, which is the city council with the people who represent the majority of the residents. And, and then no. George, you're from Bulgaria. Yes. What is voter turnout like there? Uh, back in a socialist time, it was like uh, 99%, pretty much. People were pushed to vote and uh, they were monitoring how to vote. And of course, the socialist party win about 99%. <laughs> it was a joke, yeah. but people were going to vote. Now that was, those were rigged elections, right? <laughs> and, and you're saying, and we were talking a little bit before the show, and you were saying you, the process here, you think, obviously, is much better. Yes, yeah. the process here is much better. The democracy is alive, and I see how the change, transfer of power, just recently happened in the Congress. That the long-term uh, speaker stepped down, and the new one came in. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fights, but I believe in America, and I'm here because of this. And I love Tampa and all the hard time I had here in the last three years being shot here in my house and something unbelievable. Things happen after the shooting, the investigation and the hospital and the services. And by the way, they, they, they still haven't found the person who shot you, right? This is a story we have to take on the next level about professionals and the investigation processes. Right. Well, and also that- the media has to take their portion because this was the biggest secret in Tampa by my uh, well, opinion maybe I for should- the last three and a half year now become a world news. For three and a half year, nobody said nothing, although I sent so many mails and emails and I spoke with so many people, journalists on the street, and nobody said nothing, which is sad. So now I'm not saying they don't, you don't know who did it. What the, I'm saying is I guess they never arrested anybody, right? I have a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea who did it, yep. and I said that to the investigation. Just at some point, there is no much of willing to go after the crimes. Right. I even spoke with uh, Andrew Warren, the former state attorney. I spoke to him at the Tiger Bay Club about uh, protesting the criminals and pushing this because when I spoke with uh, friends who are into the policing in Europe, in Bulgaria, they were like thinking, what's going on here? How, why is not been this much heavily enforced? We have the laws. American police is strong. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, uh, though, George, uh, to get back to issues in the race, because last night at the NAACP meeting and probably at every candidate's forum you go to, you were asked about affordable housing. Yes. Or larger than that, the housing crisis. Yes. Um, people can't afford to buy houses. They can't afford to rent. Uh, so what ideas do you have to help ease this crisis? Okay, now, before we start solving a problem, we have to go about what caused the problem, the roots. Now we have 
uh, housing prices and rental prices uh, comparing with the LA and the New York level, but we do not have LA and New York salaries here. Mm-hmm. Why this happen? First, my talk is about the people who move here from those states, which has uh, big problems in their societies, and many people, they decide to leave. They come here and a $3,000 apartment for them is cheap. How we can prevent this? We cannot stop people to moving here, but we have residents we can protect. Let's say a resident get in a trouble, loses a job, or even, even much worse, like me, gets shot and can go to work and take two family members to take care of him. The city has to be able to help those residents not to get evicted, not to get in a foreclosure. So we have to develop uh, programs which call a rental assistance program and also a housing assistance program to help them. About affordable housing, it shouldn't be a cheap housing. A cheap housing and it will happen in a neighborhood that I came in 2013 and I bought this property in East Cibur and I will say, wow, they are so cheap, let me get more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I pay the price. So don't go after the cheap. We definitely need to have a budget to support our residents in need. And to have that budget, we need to have economy, which is a pretty good. We have to have high paid jobs. And most of those people, they move from California here, they move with their companies. And we have to make sure they hire our local people. So we have to prepare our workforce to be able to answer those high requirements about the high paid jobs. Our schools, they have to be better educating our kids so they can become better professionals and handle the high-level jobs like uh, aeronautic jobs, space. What about if we bring some social media giants here that has high-tech jobs also? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about attracting uh, different uh, businesses here, larger businesses to the to area. To provide higher-paying jobs. Yeah, this um, is the only way we can handle uh, higher prices in the housing. Of course, we have to protect our residents. Somebody gets in trouble, they have to be available funds for them, they can apply, and they have to be really, they have to know about this. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom, and our guest right now is George Feshev. He's a, can- a candidate for Tampa City Council, um, District 3. Um, he is running against uh, Janet Cruz, um, incumbent Lynn Hertak, um, Jose Vasquez. Who's and coming up next? Who's coming up next, and a third person whose name I don't recall. <laughs> well, he showed up late for the debate last <laughs> night, so I'm not sure how serious he is. But speaking of... of, of but if you want to call yeah. in and join the conversation, you have any questions for our um, Tampa City Council candidates, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663 or you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. I want to read an email that we have um, from somebody who wants to talk about transportation. So um, David Bryant says, um, I wish that Tampa and Hillsborough County had a comprehensive bike trail system like you see in Orlando um, and in Pinellas County. Tampa has a lot of catching up to do um, with those cities on bike and pedestrian trails. Transportation is a is a you know difficult issue. We have transportation issues here in Tampa and limited resources. How much of a priority would um, pedestrian um, walking and biking facilities be to you? Walking and biking facility for me, they have to be a little bit separated from the streets. First, walking and biking on the street, breathing the exhaust gases from the cars is not healthy. And walking nearby the, ha- the, the running cars also is dangerous. In Orlando, where I live until 2013, I've seen they, they built one or two bike trials, but those are mostly for the sport. 
mm-hmm. and recreational activity. They are not for a transportation from uh, your house to a job. And we have to keep our fabric. Americans, they like cars. In other countries, they like bicycles, like in China. In Europe, they like... Uh, trains. T- uh, trains and subways and uh, public transportation because cars are kind of little bit not easy to afford. I've seen this coming here, especially in a downtown area where it's very hard to park your car. And in this area, public transportation will work well, but has to be more frequent with smaller buses that doesn't create a traffic when they stop or they try to avoid the potholes in the street. So first we have to keep our streets, then we have to keep the lifestyle we are used to here. Mm-hmm. Then we have to diversify the transportation. Downtown, Hyde Park, airport, we can have a buses. South Tampa or North Tampa, if I have to walk half mile from my house to the bus station, I'll get all sweat and maybe wet from the rain. It's not working. Maybe a budget allocated for the public transportation in this area should be transferred to support a share ride programs uh, mm-hmm. like uh, even Uber drivers. We may have a part of this system because then cars will come to your house, pick you up and take you to the work and come, come back. Mm-hmm. Considering yeah. the insurance prices and the gas prices and the car prices, it's easily about 30 to 40 dollars a day even if you don't drive your car. Right. It's an equity issue. So it sounds to me like you you do public transportation and alternative modes of transportation, bicycling and walking or something that you feel like should be a priority for the city. Transportation is a priority for the city. Yep. But first is safety. I don't want to go in a bus and don't feel safe. I don't want to walk on the street and don't feel safe. That's the first point. And then we go fixing the street, keep the street nice and up to the speed, don't have to slow down to avoid the pothole or mm-hmm. some other obstruction on the street. And then we have to diversify the transportation. But definitely we need to think in the future. We don't have to vote with the past. We have to vote for the future and the future is coming. Well, let me uh, ask you another issue. One of the issues uh, that frequently come up at candidates forums uh, is one that seems to be uniting the candidates uh, in opposition to the mayor's plan to reuse 50 million gallons of treated wastewater, potentially as drinking water. Um, she calls it pure. Her critics call it toilet to tap. Uh, where yes. do you come down on that issue? Do you, are you for it? Are you against it? What's your I am against, to be short. I will say no for many reasons. First, we cannot reuse the dangerous chemicals before we have a technology to neutralize dangerous chemicals. We have to make sure we have the technology first. Second, we know you, we don't need at the moment 50 billion gallons of water and we're going to be paying for this before we need them. Probably we can reach that level of needs of, of uh, that 50 billion gallons in about 25, maybe 30 years. So we don't need to pay for this in advance now and keep paying until we get there. Mm-hmm. And the third point is how we can control what is going down the earth in the aquifer. Mm-hmm. Once we have this magical hole and pump something dangerous, how those people can be kept accountable? There is not going to be a way to prove that somebody pumps something dangerous mm-hmm. without nobody knows. So that's a human factor, which I also 
don't think that we can choose. So my answer is no for pure. We have to find another solutions. And you are good of creating names, pure and toilet tap. And there was a joke that I don't drink from my toilet. I don't drink from yours. <laughs> and in this case, getting out of the out of control now about what people comments are. Now, I, I do want to ask you this. Uh, I think the Hillsborough uh, Republican Party is backing your candidacy. Um, and I think perhaps there's only one other candidate, Chase Harrison, who is also being backed by the Republicans. There are no Republicans on the Tampa City Council, and the mayor is a Democrat. What is it about your uh, agenda uh, that uh, you think is appealing to the Republican Party? You're a Republican, I assume, and so why is it they're supporting your candidacy? I will say I'm of those people, common sense people. I think what makes sense and what doesn't. Indoctrination and all the ideology, this is what I was tired over since when I was at the school in my early age, about you know, high school, for example. Um, reading all this, hard to remember, hard to swag, uh, things like uh, Marxism and uh, capital and even Lenin, I have to read this in original in Russian, was really hard thing that doesn't fit a 15-year-old. <laughs> this was really hard, and I have to take an exam, and I have to explain why communism is a grave digger of the capitalism, which is, which is absurd. And we have a really good speakers at our meetings that really speak and can, can convince some people that doesn't think well about what's going on. And after those meetings, we all gathering and say, is it possible to build a place with so nice highways and so nice airports and houses for everyone and the house has all uh, central heating and cooling and the hot water and everything so beautiful? That's impossible. And after those meetings, I was the one that was pointing, yeah, it's possible. They have it in America. It's possible. So we can do it, but not with the socialism. Mm -hmm. Because socialism is about controlling people. Communism is even the worst. But... They never build it and will never be built. There is no communist countries because communism cannot be built in earth. Hmm. The machine may build it someday, but not the people. So we are uh, running out of time yeah. with you. We have Jose Vasquez coming, coming up. Coming up. Before we, before we let you go, Joe, just give us one. Uh, George, do you want to just say, uh, give a couple um, closing statement, 30 seconds about why um, Tampa's... Uh, Tampa residents should vote for you for city council. And it's a citywide race, by the way, and it's nonpartisan, even though the Republicans are backing you. It is a nonpartisan race. Anybody can vote for you. Everybody in the city can Everybody vote for you. Everybody in the city can vote for you. So why should they vote for you? Yes, the District 3 is at large, the citywide, and everybody can vote for me. And I would like everybody can vote for me because I will represent them all, uh, Democrats, Independent, Republicans. Like I say, I'm a common sense person. I like to talk to people. I started here in a car business. I spoke to so many of people. I have a business. I had a business before the shooting and a consulting, export consulting business. And I spoke with many people locally and overseas. I like communication. I like to be accessible. I like to deal with people and represent them into the city council and defend their interests. I'm educated. I graduate one of the first private university in Eastern Europe of management, organizational behavior and international law. I postgraduate and I think Greece historic tourism and heritage preservation here after I become more active after the shooting, of course. I serve in a historic preservation committee appointed at uh, Hillsborough County Board of County Commissioners for two years. I volunteer at many campaigns and I'm actively involved in a social life 
I'm actively involved in the community. I know South Tampa. I, I walk the whole South Tampa. I know uh, North Tampa. I know West Tampa. I've been all over the place for those three years. I did more than 5,000 doors by myself. I will say I will keep talking to people to know their issues and help solving this. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us. We appreciate it very much. And we will be back right after this. Perry, reporter with the Ford of Phoenix and one of the co-hosts of the new public affairs show here on WMNF called The Skinny, where we give you the real straight deal. I'll be joined every Friday morning at 11 a.m. with my co-hosts, Ben Montgomery from Axios and Ray Roa, editor-in-chief with Creative Loafing, as we get in-depth on some of the biggest stories happening in the Tampa Bay area and Florida. That's this and every Friday at 11 a.m. Hi, I'm Kenny Coogan. Join Annie Ellis and myself as we co-host the Sustainable Living Show here on your community-supported radio station, WMNF Tampa. On Sustainable Living, we bring you conversations with local experts on sustainable topics. Please come share with us every Monday morning at 11 in our talks about alternative energy sources, organic gardening, farming, and everything in between. Sustainability is a balance of people, profit, and planet. Together, we will make a difference. Hey, this is Frankie Mopar with the Retro Jukebox. I'm here pushing the buttons every Wednesday morning, 3 to 6 a.m. Every week we'll start out the first hour in the 40s and 50s, and then the second hour we'll start in the early 50s and progress through the 60s and a little 70s. Music is memory, so let's journey through our lives together. The Retro Jukebox, every Wednesday morning, 3 to 6 a.m. on the Community Conscious Radio Station, WMNF. If you can't make it in person, the show is available 24-7 at WMNF.org. And we're back. Um, that first promo we played was for The Skinny. It is a new public affairs show on WMNF. This Friday, uh, they will have um, Blake Casper and Bill Carlson on. Um, those are They are the candidates in the District 4 South Tampa race, so that should be very interesting. But with us in the studio right now is Jose, Jose Vasquez. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for the invitation. And Jose is a candidate in the District 3 race. Um, he's um, running against um, uh, four opponents, including... Um, George, who was just on the show, Feshev, um, and Lynn Hertak, who is the incumbent, and Janet Cruz, who is a former state senator and um, state um, House of, uh, representative. And we're happy to have you on the show because it's, uh, the Times has barely mentioned your candidacy. In fact, in the uh, in editorial, uh, they uh, referred to you as a ghost candidate. How did you feel about that? Well, first of all, thank you for having me in the program. Um, first of all, um, I'm very happy with the endorsement of the Tampa Bay time because they named me as a the ghost candidate. <laughs> but the funny part is this. They don't know who I am because they never be in the community. Mm-hmm. My people don't buy $2 in the newspaper every day. They cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. We depend on what we, we listen on the radio or what we can catch up after 6 or 7 o'clock when we come back home. So, you know. Um, you mean because you're, you're a, a working man. Is that what you're saying? I'm a working man. I'm a person um, on the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of, uh, on the way that newspaper uh, mistreat my, my intention to running for public office is not very appreciated for my community. Right. You know. So feel you're, disrespected. You're, you're feeling pretty confident because you know a lot of people, particularly in West Tampa, aren't, don't you? Aren't you? No, 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 I, no. I, I, I live in East Tampa. I live in but, East Tampa. Okay. But let me give you a little background. Who is Jose Vasquez? Uh, Jose Vasquez is a person who came in 2000 to 
visit his father. My father was a veteran who's dying on cancer. So I come in to visit him, and he passed away in less than two weeks. So in the process, I had to do some paperwork. I need to change my driver's license. To make this story short, I get stuck in the state of Florida. I lose my, <laughs> I lose my job when I was working for the mayor of the city of Aguas Buenas. I lose my family because I'm a, a, a married uh, with my daughters, et cetera, et cetera. So I just came to Florida and I get stuck. Hmm. So I need to start from scratch. No friends, no saving, no money. So just thinking about it, I beginning as a homeless. Tried to get an apartment. My first job was in the Tampa airport, et cetera, et cetera. So in the, in the middle of the process, I was targeted by the Tampa Police Department because my name is Jose Vasquez, but really my name in Puerto Rico is Jose Nerixander Vasquez Figueroa. So when the police try to do their job, because I'm a law enforcement, I understand that. When they see the name Jose Vasquez, they target me with a career criminal, Jose Vasquez Velasquez, or we are old gentlemen who got a, a, a felony conviction. So, you know, my beginning on Tampa Bay no was easy, but because I know that kind of person I'm being profiling, I decide to continue working with the community. So why Jose Vasquez get involved in politics? Well, back on the days when I working in Puerto Rico, I was uh, working under the administration of Governor Pedro Rosselló for eight years. I support his agenda with a lot of goals. And when I see the problem we have on, on, on the state of Florida, because the state legislator is only representative for 60 days. You cannot create policy in 60 days. It's hard. Right. So, you know, I say, you know what? Let me get involved in politics to teach to the community what's the job of the state representative. What is the job of the city council? I run in one time for mayor against Bohorn. Why? Because I want to teach the community what is supposed to be the role of the mayor in the community. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason I get involved in politics. Now, when we're talking about elected officials, let me tell you this. I participate in so many political campaigns that the people don't have a knowledge. I come from Charlie Chris campaign, Andrew Gillum. I support with money and, and resources to the re-election of Janet Cruz. So, you know, this, I, I need to share this story because it's so sad when these politicians came to you and see you as a resources for the community for you can support the race and they can win the vote. They see you like a trust in the community. But when you stand up against them, you are the enemy, you're not the right person. How you do this to me? That's a no-no. Are you saying that's the way Janet Cruz reacted to your candidacy? Not only to my candidacy, and I, and I want to bring to the, to the floor, yesterday we are on a, on a public forum. The NAACP forum. Correct. Yes. And I want to uh, give him my apologize to Lynn Hurtak. Our city council, Lynn Hurtak, was vicious attacked by Janet Cruz. And that's as a no-no. I'm a member of the brown communities, and this is are not the way we're supposed to do politics. 
Yeah, let's go back to that because we had an email from David Coleman um, who talked about some of the fireworks last night at the NAACP forum and just mention it again. It is on Facebook, if, if um, the Hillsborough NAACP page, if you want to go look at it. Um, but basically what happened is that um, she um, said that she thought that the audience should, that the voters should give her a chance to serve again and she didn't understand why Lynn Hertak had a problem with her running for office. Um, she said it was unfair to bring up the issue that she's the mayor's mother-in-law. Yes, so and it was unfair to bring that up and then wondered if, if Lynn is opposed to her because she has a problem with gay people because the mayor is gay. I think she actually said, in do, a relationship, do you hate gay people? Is in a relationship with um, Janet Cruz's daughter. So uh, that's what is, what I think that's what you're talking about when it turned into a personal attack. It, it, it was two attacks. But the, the issue is, I'm not going to repeat what happened because the person who wanted to see what happened is a Facebook Live recorded. Yes, it's on, on Facebook Live. So please, I don't, I don't want it to repeat the history. But the truth is, it's very inappropriate for a person who is an elected official in the past who claim be the champion for the LGTB community, be the champion for the Hispanic community, be the champion for women's rights. How you go to attack and a woman and a person who stand up to fill a vacancy? Mm-hmm. You know, why you try to put her down? And I have to say this on radio. Janet Cruz been calling me to me a few times. But I'm, a, I'm not going to share what she shared to me. But I want to tell you, Janet, your tactics don't work. The people of the Democratic Party are rejecting your accusations. The people of the Democratic Party are against and the tactics you use to do campaign. That's the reason you don't got the money support you expect, you know. But let's go back to the race. Yes. Because my race is, I'm not running against Janet Cruz. Mm-hmm. I'm not running against Link Hartack. I'm running against the mismanagement of the city of Tampa. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. I understand you have a, a, a personal experience with code enforcement and you have real problems and, yes. and have questions about the way code enforcement is run. And this may be related to your business. You have a recycling business, is that right? Correct. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is the situation. I'm a, I'm a secondary metal recycle. Um, this is a license offer under the Chapter 538 of the state of Florida. And when you have a person like a co-enforcement inspector who is a person that I respect the profession, okay? That person only study 40 hours and they come into your business and they don't have a knowledge, they don't have the, the education and they start give you citations, nothing relative to your business or nothing relative to the function of the co-enforcement, somebody had to stop them. So... When I complained about this uh, inspector, Renner Lopez, okay, he got a big history of make false accusations. Um, I report that to the departments because as a citizen, okay, I have the right to complain if I feel like an employee not do his job correctly or step out of his duties. They don't want to give me the opportunity to file a writing complaint. What I get every time I complain, more aggressive. They target my house, my business, and a second house I rent. You know, I'm so bad. Can't, the only person in the neighborhood can be targeted. So I just like, wait a minute. If this inspector see this issue right here, what happened? He don't see that other issue. 
-hmm. especially when you file complaints as a proactive officer, you know. To make this story short, I had to hire in the service of an attorney, Eric Muller. So if somebody have a problem with co-enforcement, please call me at 813-526-9920. And I got to give you my the phone number of my attorney because this gentleman is very, very talented on put the the co-enforcement on, on site. Um again, I know against co-enforcement, I know against law enforcement, is on the way that person not do his duty on educate me first as a tenant, because mm -hmm. I'm not the owner of the property. As a tenant, co-enforcement has some set of rules where it's supposed to help, not start giving you fines and ticket and operate you to the point that you can lose your business. Okay, like right. I'm in the process right now. You know, but Again, that's the reason I'm running for public office because the same problem I have with co-enforcement, we have a problem with the Department of Transportation. We got a problem with the Tampa Police. We got a problem with the Tampa Fire Rescue. We got a problem in so many areas, waste management. So and I understand that why, because I'm working on daily basis helping problems in the community, mm -hmm. people who pay me for this. If you're just tuning in, you're listening listening to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom. And our guest right now is Jose Vasquez. He's a can candidate for Tampa City Council. If you'd like to ask him a question or weigh in on the city council races, um, give us a call at 813-239-9663. Or you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. Um, and this is the District 3 race that we're talking about with Lynn Hertak, um, Janet Cruz, Jose Vasquez, and George Feshev. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us who you're supporting in that race. It's a city-wide race, so everybody in the city of Tampa can vote in that race. Send us an email at dj at wmnf.org or call us 813-239-9663 and let us know um, uh, who you're supporting in that race. Jose, you mentioned law enforcement and George, our last guest um, running against you for this seat, says crime is his top issue. He feels that Tampa needs to be safer feels like we need a better trained police force. What is your thought on that? What do you, do you feel that crime is a problem in Tampa and what ideas do you have for addressing it if you do? Well, first of all, before we go to that topic, I want to share with the community on Puerto Rico, I was selected to be a police officer. I was selected to be a correctional officer and I was working do uh, protection to executives uh, on my island. Okay. Now, when in Florida, I got a security guard license. I'm a first responder, paramedic. Uh, I'm a member of CERT. I can give you a lot of things relative to law enforcement. Now, on Tampa, we got an increase of crime. Why? Because the city of Tampa no make effort to hiring a new law enforcement. Believe it or not. We increase is so big, okay? When you bring 2,000 people to live on downtown Tampa and you know increase the first responder teams, is a problem. So what is going to be my solution for this? We need to come back to back on the 70s when you see the police officers walking on the street. Can everybody feel confident about if there's any problem on the streets, bring to the police department. We're talking about we need to not reinvent the will. What we need to do is 
uh, promote to our students in high school the importance to be a law enforcement. We need to come back to the roots about teach respect and dignity. Respect your elderly. You know, it's a lot of things we need to do with law enforcement. But it's shame. Can but- I request to be a part of the police review board and because I have a felony conviction because I don't pay a traffic fine I don't go enough to be part of that board but every time I send my contributions to pay the play for support or, or law enforcement they not reject it but my opinion in a board I don't go enough uh, Speaking of the police force I, I believe that there are fewer police officers now than there were 12 years ago and Tampa was much smaller then and so, Bill Carlson has uh, uh, called for uh, the hiring of 200 extra police officers. Is that something you would support? 200? 200. No. I need at least 500 in the way the city of Tampa is raising. Look, right now we got transportation issues. How we got to fix that? We need a law enforcement. We need co-enforcement. This is my key issue. Co-enforcement, law enforcement, first responders, community support. You know, for we can fix these problems. Crime is getting off the range in East Tampa because I'll tell you why. Because every time Ybor City have events, the police force were moving from all the districts to Ybor City. And I can tell you one time I had to call the Tampa police officers because I have a situation I need to report in my business and they delayed two hours. You know what? You know how that officer get to my house in less than fifteen minutes because I called directly to the mayor office, complained, and when the officer came with a little attitude, he told me, "Oh man, we are another more important call of this." I said, "Well, my apologize, get the city overworking you, but as a citizen, I pay you salary, and I think my issue have a priority." For the record, it take me. 48 hours to I can find the person who's still in my business, bring that information to the police department for they arrest that person. So no matter what, as a victim of crime, I try to report the crime. I had to do the detective work and bring to the police officers for for. But this happened. Right. Um, well, one of the issues you were uh, asked about last night and probably asked at every candidate's forum uh, is regarding the mayor's plan to reuse 50 million gallons of treated wastewater potentially as drinking water. She calls it pure. Critics call it toilet to tap. Where do you come down on that issue? Well, I'm, I'm laughing because I speak about this back in the days. That the reason I'm running for mayor of the city of Tampa in 2015 against Mayor Bohorn. <laughs> who, um, who also supported this project. And by the way, Janet Cruz also supported this project. In 2018, in 2018 when she was in the legislature. Yeah. When she was in the legislature, she, was, uh, she filed legislation to fast, fast track, track it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But now she said last night that she's against it. Well, so, she played ping pong. That's what happened. When, when she go to one side of the town, I'm in favor. When I go to another side of the town, I'm against. Guess what? I can run you, Janet Cruz, no drink tap water from his house. I can run you that. <laughs> well, okay? do you say you're against this project? I'm against in the way he proposed it because the intention maybe is good, but in the way his development is wrong. And let me tell you this. This is something not coming up on 2023, 2018, 2015. Please, this is a project they tried to push in since 2012. Mm-hmm. So... We got a lot of people since 2012 fighting against now the renaming pure program, you know. Now, 
ask me what I can do as a city council. First of all, we need to increase those treatment facilities because, you know, we're we, we just building left and right, very responsible. But what happened with all these people who waste our water? We mm-hmm. need to treat that water better. We need to create more ways or we can contain the water in our aquifer system. Because you see all that pollution in Tampa Bay? It's because we don't have too much many waste uh, facilities to treatly correctly the water on time. Mm-hmm. Because that's the problem. And let me tell you this. I live on East Tampa, and it's a company called Gopher Industries. This is the only lead battery company in the state of Florida. This is the biggest pollution in the or Tampa Bay waters right now. What is Gopher Industry. Oh, that's the one that the Tampa oh. Bay Times uh, did an investigation and won and, a Pulitzer Prize for because and, of the... Uh, and if you see on the yep. section number three, my name is on it because my lead, I got uh, my, my, my bloodstream, I poison with lead and we try to find out why. I know why. Because I, li- I live in a community where we're still using... Um, um, well water. water. Well water. And we don't have a connection to sewer. So we know we, we, we still like a living on the 40s and the 50s over there. Yeah. So In East Tampa. Yeah. In East Tampa, in an industrial area, very important with very uh, in income. Because, you know, we're talking about the CRS is right here around the corner. And we got the Seminole Casino. So, you know, don't tell me that we don't pay enough taxes for we re- get off that problem. But if you don't have $6,000 to connect to the water city... Guess what? You need to have a well in your house. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the money, that's all how you have to survive and pay taxes and fight it with co-enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, we have an email from uh, Mario Nunez, who uh, is encouraging everyone to vote. It says, uh, get past Jose's accent and listen to his words. He's articulate, knowledgeable, and very engaged. So you got a fan there in Mario. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mario. Uh, I know Mario, we started with a wrong foot because he was campaigning for one gentleman back in the days and I was campaigning for another one. But when we start talking, no matter what we are, our favorite candidate, we found something in common. We want to bring solutions. We don't want to talk about the problem. We want to bring a solution. Which is what, way, that's about, what this show is all about. And let's hear what your solutions are for affordable housing, which, of course, is a big issue for East Tampa. So yes. what solutions or what ideas do you have to address that issue, which is such a problem here and really everywhere in the country? I want to make you an ask, and a question back. What is affordable for you? Why is affordable for him? Because affordable housing was what? A quarter million dollar house? No. For me, affordable housing is something you can pay in seven years. You got to tell me seven years. Well, if you buy a car right now, it costs you $60,000, $70,000, and then make your monthly payment of $500, $600. So people buying cars left and right. So why we cannot create a community that we have it before in Tampa, in the city of Tampa? Why we cannot create a tiny house community direct to a one or three family members, so like that, that can person can be owner of that property, and we can resolve that problems. You know what the concept calling back in the days? Trailer hmm. parks. Uh, yeah. You know, and the city of Tampa co enforcement erasing for the city limits. 
Yeah, well, that is also really when you're talking about code enforcement, and I feel that a lot, like driving around in in East Tampa, where you know people can't afford to make the fixes to their houses. Just like you're saying, they're getting you get you rack up all these fines and fees, and and they can't. It, it's hard to make improvements. Let it's me, expensive. It, it's expensive because we need to see the reality. The city of Tampa do not control inflation. You know what I'm saying? But the city of Tampa can set funding for resolve that problems. And I'll give you a sample. It's ridiculous when you see these board meetings, how a person, a 75 years old elderly person, receive a fine for do not paint the front of the house and they target him with $200 fine a day. When they, a church, I don't have nothing against religion, when a church had the same problem and because it's part Pastor X, they got to give you $50, fine. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? We're talking about the same painting problem. Now, if the city of, of Tampa have a funding and say to that person, what is your problem? You cannot paint, why? You don't have the pain? I give you the pain. Let's find out some young teenagers, et cetera, et cetera, because we got a, a community hour program. For, for young offenders and, and adult offenders, hey, let's use their resources to help somebody in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got the funding issue. The problem is they don't care because they don't make money on that. My point is this. If I become elected as a city council, I'm going to take care of all the mismanagement we got on the different departments. And I tell you, it's no hard. I give you an example. We got a problem right now with the fire rescue, with the, uh, with the lack of ambulance. Mm-hmm. You're talking to a first responder with 239 hours. Do you know we got 33 city resource uh, community centers closed? Hey, do you know how hard it is parking an ambulance over there with two paramedics standby in case emergency? They can respond first. And if they need a bigger ambulance service, you dispatch the fire rescue. Uh, you know, we know I don't have to build a, a new fire station for we can implement that program right away. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, Jose, our time is almost out. So I want to make sure we give uh, you an opportunity to tell uh, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, your final pitch. Well, my final pitch is easy. My name is Jose Vasquez. I'm running for city council. Why? Because I'm not running against the elected officials. I'm running against the mismanagement of the departments. I want to get you both because I had the experience for resolve that issues. I don't have a magic wand, but I can do it if you give me your bow. So please visit my website, www.josefortampa.com. And please remember, get out and vote. If you know both, somebody got to make the decision for you. And you're the one who got to pay the consequence. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, this is WMNF in Ta- uh, WNF Tampa. Stay tuned for Harrison Nash um, and, after the NPR News. And stay tuned next Tuesday when we will be asking you to support WMNF and the Wavemaker Show with your donations. Right, so get your credit cards ready. And you can, don't have to wait till next week. You, you can, can go, go, on, go online today right and make a pledge. You, love, appreciate you it. love this show. That's why you're listening. So please hit the tip jar. All right, this is WMNF Tampa.